Go to InvestorThrive.com right now to check out some of our free training on how you can make money as a real estate investor or schedule a time with me so we can chat about our mastermind mentorship and how we can help you learn how to wholesale nationwide and grow your business. You know, we just started chatting right now and uh, I bring people on that are experts in their fields and you've told me that you are, uh, you've been doing subject to deals and creative financing for the last um, 23 years. That's right. I got started in 1999. That is absolutely amazing. So not only am I going to ask you questions about subject to that, a deal that I'm doing right now mm -hmm. that I, I might need some help, maybe some right. advice. I also sure. want to know like, how, what got started in uh, subject to with so many different exit strategies. What, why subject mm -hmm. to? So uh, before we get into all that, mm -hmm. can you, would you like to introduce yourself and kind of let people know who you are so they know who they're listening to? Sure. Uh, my name is William Tingle. I started investing. I bought my first investment property in 1999. I bought a Carlton Sheets uh, infomercial real estate course off late night TV. Uh, oh. I've been in the restaurant industry for over 20 years. I worked 70 hours a week, never started my family, and I was just really sick and tired of it. I quit school in the ninth grade, so I didn't have this big degree. I could go out and get another job. Uh, and, uh, so I thought, man, that's my only chance, you know, other than that, I'm going to be stuck doing this the rest of my life. And I just started buying houses and, uh, three or four years in, I, I quit my job after the first year, went full time. And I had so many people approaching me. How are you doing this? How does this work? Somebody said, man, you just need to write a course. So I did mm -hmm. and, and started selling courses and doing training as, as a secondary job. And that's, that's what I've done since then. So I train other investors and, and buy houses and, and do all of it. Wow. That's awesome. So I'm just curious, like, so you, you, you dropped out of school in ninth grade. Did, I did. did just, I did. Did you just not like school or how, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, that's, that's a long story, but uh, the, the short version of it is uh, I, I just, I had to, to leave home. I ran away from home at 15 and I couldn't mm -hmm. go to school and work and support myself. So mm. uh, I've just been on my own since I was 15. And wow. And, and, that's an amazing story so far. And, and uh, infomercial, when did you see that? Was that around 15 as well? Or No, I, you know, I don't remember when Carlton Sheets got started. Now I'm, I'm 60. I just had my 60th birthday. You look good. Uh, so, well, hey, thanks. You know, good living. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was probably, I've been watching Carlton Sheets for probably 10 or 15 years. Uh, in 1999, I was 37 years old. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I'd, I'd been in the restaurant business since I was a teenager. You know, they suck yeah. you into that thing. And if you work hard, you you get paid well. I was director of operations for three states. Wow. You know, I made, you know, 60, 70 grand a year, which is pretty dang good in 1999 for somebody with a ninth grade education. Yeah. So I was kind of stuck and I said, what, what am I going to do? So I just decided I, I can try to buy this real estate stuff. We'll see how it works. And it worked out for me. And I said, gee, I bought one house and then I bought another house and another house. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. Maybe this stuff works. I better put a plan together. And I said, I want to quit my job in 12 months. And I bought my first house in August, 1999. And I quit my job in August, 2000. And I hadn't had a job since. So wow. That's how it worked for me. It's fun to look back, doesn't it? Like, you're, I'm it sure, was, I'm sure it wasn't all smooth, right? Like, did it, did it have some ups and downs? Yeah. Oh well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I you know, I worked really hard and I was really careful. I'm pretty analytical, but I was lucky. I made some mistakes. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody the other day about you talk about stupid mistakes. I bought a course where this guy said, "Hey, you target these landlords that are filing evictions, and you mail them a check and say, "Hey, you probably haven't." 
cashed an income check on this property for a while, cash this one, we'll do a deal. And, and, you know, cashing, it's supposed to bind the contract, mm -hmm. but they don't tell you about the people that'll cash your checks and not send the contract. Back. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, stupid stuff, you know, listening to people, but wow. I bought thousands and thousands of dollars worth of courses trying to define what I wanted to do. So what would you say for the people that are watching? This is usually investor type nation is usually a lot of newer people, but there are experience. How much would you say in the last 20 years you have spent in, in courses? I'm just in self-education. Oh, uh, easily $50,000. Now I never paid a really high dollar mentorship or, mm -hmm. or anything like that, but I bought a ton of courses. Uh, and, and so, I mean, that's what just worked for me. You, you take stuff and you go, oh, I like this. I don't like that. Uh, and you just, you, you formulate your own business, you know, how you yeah. do things. And some people, you know, they, they pay that high, that high ticket item mm -hmm. to have that mentor. That's just right. like going to walk them through right. it. So it sounds like what you did is you, you, you took, bought those courses and educated yourself and you learned that way. Is that, is that right. correct? That's, that's right. Yeah. I, and I, I went, you know, before I quit my job, you know, I, like I said, I worked 70 hours a week and the internet, we didn't have Facebook and all that automated stuff. But man, I would get home in the evenings at eight or nine o'clock and I'd stay on the internet and all those chat rooms and news groups. You remember AOL? You probably don't even remember that. I, I but do. all that stuff, you know, where you're just typing all night long, you'll type, ask a question, somebody will type and answer it. And that's the kind of stuff we do. These guys today, they don't know how good they got it. You know? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that's really cool. So you actually don't, what, don't you have your website or your emails domain? What is it? Sub two deals? Sub, sub two deals. S U B the number two deals.com. We've, we've been operating that for about 20 years teaching people. Yeah. And I was about to say, I was telling you before we got on this, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm sure a lot of people want that domain. That's a, that's, that's a juicy domain right there. Yeah. Well, you know, 20, like I said, 20 years ago, you know, they didn't even know subject to sub two is something that, you know, my little group of people, we started calling subject to sub two just to shorten it. So uh, sub the number two, that's what we always call it. So that's why I got that domain. So tell me, you know, I've been doing real estate for a while and I feel like, um, you know, we've done subject to deals, we've done creative financing deals, but I feel like you have to find the right situation. Um, are you... Are you, have you found a way throughout 20 years to like, you know, maybe not find the right situation, but just like, not, not, not so much convinced, but like, I, I guess convince people to do it. I, I, I no other way. But, yeah. There, there's no real way to say it. You know, people use that, how you convince somebody. And, and I say, we don't, we offer that as a solution. It's got to work though. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. If you don't offer that option, nobody's going to take it. That's you know, I, and, and we'll hear this all the time out of people with and obviously our main and two thirds of the people that we buy from are in distress. They've yes. been transferred. They're in foreclosure. They're getting divorced. There's some financial element there. That's, that's a problem. They can't pay two mortgage payments, whatever it may be. But for the other third, it's just presenting it in a way that makes sense. And a lot of people, I, I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody else present it this way, mm -hmm. but when they go, when, when I say to you, Nate, because you called me, uh, you want to sell your house, but you know, you call me about it and I go, I find out maybe that you don't have a ton of equity. And I just say, Nate, what if I could make the payments for you until I can find a buyer? Would that help? And you're like, well, how does that work? And I said, well, listen, have you ever heard of a relocation company? Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. You know how they work? They step in, they start making your payments 
until they can sell the house, which lets you get on down the road. So that's how we present it. We say, listen, we work a lot like a relocation company does. Okay. okay? Uh, you need to do something. You, you want to sell this house. You've already bought another house or you're building another house or whatever it may be. This lets you get down the road. We'll start making your payments for you. Uh, and if so, you know, most people go, oh, no, that won't work. But occasionally somebody goes, well, tell me more about that. Yeah, I've heard of relocation companies. And I said, well, we operate just like that. And we've been doing this for 23 years. So uh, you get someone interested in that. Do they usually try and say, well, how much can you put down or for how long? Do, do they uh, ask about down payments or is it more like, oh, just cover the payment? Great. Yeah. Well, some people, some people will ask about a down payment. And my response to that's pretty simple as well. We usually don't put anything down. We're taking over the responsibility, the maintenance, the taxes, the insurance. And we're going to start making those payments for you on your schedule. Want to stay three months? No problem. We'll start the first of November. Want to leave tomorrow? No problem. We'll start next month. So we're going to make this easy for you. And if they, they balk at that, oh no, you got to put something down. I said, well, you know what? Maybe we can do something. Now, if we bought this house through the bank, if we went and we got, say, FHA financing, we pay three and a half percent. What if we pay you that? Will yeah. that work? Uh, so I'll pay three and a half percent down all day long because I'm going to get 10 percent down for my buyer. Yes, of okay. course. So of course. that's easy. So most wholesalers, what they do is they, um, they pitch cash first. Mm -hmm. and if it gets denied, right. um, they, they go subject to, or creative mm -hmm. finance. Do right. you just, do you ever pitch cash or is it just always the, the subject to the only time we pitch cash is if it doesn't look like they're going to go for uh, a sub two deal. And then they say, no, 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 that won't work. And I say, well, listen, uh, what if I send you over, uh, an offer? Okay. And show you how it works. And almost everybody's always going to say, sure, send it. Because mm -hmm. my philosophy is if I talk to you on the phone, if I talk to a seller, I want to get an offer in their hands. Of course. Because how many, how many people go, the seller says no. So they go, oh, okay, well, thanks. Click. And they mm -hmm. go away. But I'm going to send them a, a, a three offer choice. One's yeah. going to be cash. I whack them over the head with that low cash offer and then show them a couple of other options, seller financing subject to where I even pay more than they're asking if yes. the numbers work. And do you do lease do. options as well, or is it mostly you just no. take over? No, listen, my first 12 years as an investor, I was a transaction engineer. I, it, it, we marketed for leads. Leads came to, it came in. It was a wholesale deal. It was a buy it, rehab it, retail it. It was a buy it or a burr before there was the term burr. We did whatever. I don't like lease options. All we do now, all we've done for the last 10 years is buy subject to sell with seller financing. That's it. That's all I want to do. So you don't really keep them. You sell them. You resell them. We create notes. We're in the business of notes. Yes. Right. Creating notes. Okay. And any reason um, you don't take it and then just put a tenant inside? 12 years ago, I moved to Belize and I lived in Belize for several years. I was remote. And I didn't want all those moving parts. I wanted someone with skin in the game longer, you know, more likely they'll stay. Uh, and, and I just didn't really have to manage all that stuff. So that's why we went with seller financing. And um, haven't turned back. You love that. I, I won't, I won't change. We might start taking on a rental or two every year, maybe as we're getting a little bit older, you know, and, and, and want to slow down and not do so much stuff. But, not for right now. No. 
So when you're finding that buyer who, you know, you get it 3.5% or whatever, you're just taking over their payment right. and you charge maybe for someone five, six, seven, what's the highest percentage you've been able to resell to uh, an end buyer for? You mean mark the property yeah. up or their down payment? Uh, they're marked the property up, right? Cause right. you usually right. they, you cover their payment of $900 and let's say right. the interest payment was 3.5%. Um, what's the highest you've been able to mark up, uh, interest wise, like, um, a payment interest wise, most of our seller finance buyers are in six to 9% interest. Wow. Uh, we'll mark the house up as far as if the, if the fair market value right this minute is 200,000, hmm. we'll sell that house for somewhere between, 215 and 220. We're going to go somewhere between seven and 10% on a markup because the seller finance that we're offering has value. Yeah, sure. Of course, of course, because yeah, right. they can't, they can't get a house right. the traditional way. So right. where, where are you finding these people that are able to pay the six to 9%? Are you cultivating those, your own leads or they're, your agents? They're everywhere, Nathan. And here, here's the thing. And, and I was talking to somebody about that today. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't have a buyer's list, which you should always be working on a buyer's list. The only thing about a buyer's list is for, for a home. Now we're not talking about a buyer's list for flips. Mm -hmm. When you're, when you're collecting names for people who want a home, their lease is about to run out on their apartment. They're looking for a home right now. That list is probably only going to be good for 30 to 60 days. They're either going to sign a new lease. They're going to find a house to buy something. That's very short term. But if I buy a house in a certain neighborhood, I'm going to do three things right away. Number one, I'm going to ride around and find agents who have houses listed in that neighborhood. I'm going to call them up and say, hey, Sally, I see mm -hmm. you got a house listed on Oak Street. I've got one around the corner on Pine it's going to be ready next month. We're going to offer it with seller financing. Have you dealt with any people who want to buy over here who couldn't get qualified, but have something to put down? I That's love number it. one. Okay. Number two, I'm going to list it on Zillow, of course. And then I'm going to call every mortgage broker in town and say, listen, how many people, because we know statistically 70% of people who apply for a loan can't qualify. So I'm going to say, Hey, how many people have you had come through that really want to buy a house. They've got a little money to put down, but you can't quite get them through yet. You want to make some money on that file that you're going to throw away? I need to talk to you yes. because not only will I pay you because I need a mortgage broker to do uh, the qualifying stuff anyway to be Dodd-Frank compliant. I'll pay you to do that. I'll pay you for the lead. And guess who's going to refinance them in three or four years when they're ready to refi? So yes. this guy's going to get paid two or three times. So those it. are the three main things. Do you just, uh, so you said Zillow, you said calling agents and brokers. Do you right. list it on the MLS if you haven't found anyone at the time and list it and then say seller finance available? We, we will list it in the MLS, but that's just for exposure. Uh, you're not going to get most of your buyers through the MLS. Oh, really? Okay. So right. if you say it's available, that's not right. how it's going to get done. Right. It's going to be through right. the other. That'll get other agents to see it and, and, and maybe give you a call. But most of the time it's, it's not going to work that way. So you got Zillow. Does Craigslist do well too for seller finance? I haven't been on Craigslist in five years. That place is so overrun with scammers and, yes, and predators is. and everything else. It's just and and then plus you got other investors that flag you and it's just not worth messing around okay. with, in my opinion, you know. So let's talk about someone calls you, has a very distress, well, not very distressed, but it's pretty bad. Do and you know you're gonna have to put some work into it before you could, uh, re, you know, sell with sell seller finance. Do you take those on? Um, no. 
You don't? If, if I have to do anything more than maybe some paint, change some carpet out, if I have to spend more than 5000 or so getting it cleaned up, I'm not interested. We don't do long-distance rehabs. So we're, just, we're just not interested. And is this a nationwide thing where you're getting leads from all over and you're doing pretty, this? Pretty much. Uh, there are a few states we won't operate in, and, and they're typical. We don't do anything in Oregon, Washington, California, New York, Maryland. We just uh, The laws so are not landlord-friendly. They're just, yeah, we just, we, we like the Midwest and the South. You like the red States. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> that's correct. That's, that's where, uh, yeah, that's where everybody's moving. Yeah. Um, for sure. So this is awesome. Tell me about how you can help investor thrive nation or how you help other people learn this stuff or what you don't, what you do. Well, uh, we have a podcast, the Sub2 Deal Show. You can listen to that on any podcast medium out there from Apple to Stitcher to Google, anywhere else. We also have a YouTube channel that we put out five, six videos every week, Facebook Lives, our podcast in the video format, and then what we call goat nuggets, which are just little tidbits of information on how to do things. What did you say, goat like goat nuggets. My my students started calling me the goat. The goat. And so we put out, goat. we call them goat nuggets. Uh, and they're just, you know, little, you know, the shorts. Basically. You're the real sub two goat. <laughs> I don't know about that. I would never call myself that. You know, everybody in the space now wants to act like they created it. Man, this has been going on since way before we were living. Okay. Do you, do you ever see this being taken away subject to or no? It's very possible. Uh, you know, there have been, in the 23 years I've been doing this, there have been a couple of stabs at trying to do something out that have happened in North Carolina in, I don't know, 2004 or five. An attorney general got on a big campaign about how it's it, it hurts sellers because they don't have recourse. They deed you a property, and if you don't pay, then they're just out of luck, you know, mm -hmm. uh, especially if there's not another deed of trust recorded. So that became a thing, but it went away. So what I'm afraid of is, is the, the big influx we've had in this, in this market surge. Okay. Everybody's in real estate and that's how it works every time uh, in 2005, six, seven, it was the same way. Mm -hmm. All these people come in, they don't really know what they're doing. They, they get sellers to give them deeds. And the first time the market tanks, they're all out, you know, oh, well, I can't make the payment. I'm out. And if we have a lot of that this time, I'm afraid this time something may happen. Uh, what it'll be, I don't know. You already see states like Texas making contract for deed tough, making lease options tough. Right. Uh, will sub two go away? It's hard to say. If it's if we don't self-police, somebody else is going to police us. And and so that's a worry. And you probably love when they own it outright and it's not subject to, but it's just uh, what is that seller carry back? Right. Yeah. Seller carries great. We don't do many of those. Uh, is that because it's hard to find or, you know, we just never have targeted them. We target. And, and, and I, this is what we push all the time. Listen, when I, if I'm texting or calling sellers, I'm saying, listen, we'll, We'll pay full price. I mean, I've even overpaid for properties before. If you call me, Nate, and you've got a, a $200,000 house and maybe it was a VA loan and you finance two ten dollars because they roll everything in mm -hmm. and you get an order six months later and you still owe two oh five, dollars will I buy it? Sure, I will. If the terms are right and I can still cash flow, yeah, I'll buy it. And usually by terms, you mean like, okay, if the payment's low enough and you you have a long, long enough term to either sure. cash flow and- Absolutely. You know, yeah. Do you bank on, you know, hopefully the, the, the property appreciating, uh, 
quite a bit. Like, for, so when you do sell it, well, we, we we hope it appreciates, but remember, we sell it at a preset price that's going to make us money. I can show anybody how to make fifty, sixty thousand dollars on a zero equity, two hundred fifty thousand dollar house in three years, all day long. That's simple. Can you give us an example? Okay, well, let's say it's it's hard to do with numbers without showing, but let's just say <laughs> you call me up with a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house that you owe two fifty on. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a wash there, but the payment's only $1,100 a month. Okay? okay. I can sell that same house for 270, mark it up $20,000. That's about 8%. Uh, get 20,000 down from my buyer that goes straight into my pocket. Remember the, the payments are current. The house is in good shape. So I got $20,000 on the front end. Okay. I owe 250. My buyer owes me 250. We're dead even right now. Got okay. it. But remember, my payment's only eleven hundred. Maybe that house will rent for sixteen hundred. So I'll set their payment at about sixteen fifty or seventeen hundred, where I cash flow four fifty five hundred a month. Okay? okay. So every month for let's just say three years, I'm cash flowing five hundred a month. Okay, three years that's eighteen thousand dollars. I'm up to thirty eight thousand dollars in profit now. Okay, their interest rates several points higher than mine. So every month they're principal pay down is lower than mine. Got so it. if they refinance me in three, four years, my back end payoff may be five or six thousand dollars there. Okay. So I've got 20 on the front end, I've got 18, and then I've got another four or five thousand dollars. So my profit on that's what 23 43 thousand dollars in 36 months on a zero equity deal. And that's because you were able to sell it on uh, seller finance to another right. buyer was able to pay a little right. bit more. But if you were right. to sell it to them at two fifty, it would mm -hmm. be a little. Bit if I sold it, if, if I sold it to them for exactly, if I bought it for two fifty, sold it for two fifty, I'd still make five hundred a month for thirty six months, which is eighteen thousand dollars, and still make another four or five on the back end. So I'd still make twenty three thousand dollars, and that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess sometimes I get iffy about these because usually when you buy properties, I'm usually using a hard money loan. So there's right. origination fees, there's right. closing costs. So that already sets you back like, you know, so mm -hmm. much But with this, there's just closing costs. Correct. Listen, I, and, and I'll tell you 95% of these, we close with a mobile notary. It costs us about 150 bucks. That's it. That's awesome. Okay. So you, let's say today you, in your company, you get a random lead of someone wants to do this in, um, let's say Macon, Georgia, you've mm -hmm. never, you know, um, you, you would, your process would be talk to them to cover their payments mm -hmm. and negotiate something. And then, uh, fine. Once you have it under contract, would you ask for 30 days, 60 days before closing? How much? So you could find the, the buyer or do you just Go ahead. It, it depends on their situation. If they're in foreclosure in Georgia, they got to get out of there and we got to get things straightened up right now. They only got about 28 days. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're getting a transfer and they need to move in 60 days, we're going to do it when they want to vacate. Uh, okay. Typically, we like to get about 30 days. So I can usually have a buyer in 30 days. Okay. So it's yep. sort of like wholesaling, but instead of you know, where we try to find the buyer by before we close, so we don't right. ever close. It's the same thing with you. You're, you're right. not trying to get keep these, right? Right. I'm not trying to keep them. I know I'm going to get rid of them. And I've had houses I've held two or three months before and made a couple of payments on, and that's okay. So when you do this, um, do you, is it an assignment? 
are you assigning your rights to uh, the terms to the other buyer or no. do you have to close on it? Um, we, we, so we have a closing at a title company or attorney's office. We sell on a contract for deed. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sorry. You own yeah. it. That's that's right. So you actually own it, but you're selling it. We we tech, we legal we have legal title, but they actually own the property. They have all the rights of ownership. They can deduct the interest. They can homestead, uh, file a homestead on it. They can do all of those things. Okay. Well, hey, it's time for me to be pretty vulnerable with you because I got a deal that I did, and maybe I, if I would have called you before, I wouldn't be in the situation. So can okay. you help me out with sure. this? How can I help? Yeah. So, um, in Utah, uh, two or four, like three or four months ago, we bought a deal subject to in a neighborhood that the ARV was about six, 600 to 620. Okay? okay. So the seller tells me, I say, Hey, we can buy this house for about four eighty to $500,000 cash. Or if you finance me and I don't have to get a hard money loan, I can do five twenty. Mm -hmm. but the house needed work. So mm -hmm. he was a contractor and I said, I can give you $20,000 down and you, but that money needs to go into repairing the home. So he's right. like, okay, I'll, I'll take it. Cause I, I don't have money and I want to repair. And I said, anything we make over six we'll split in half. So the agreement that we had was 20 down. He, he fixes the house and he vacates by the end of May. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he, he agreed to fix it up and vacate. And, um, that that's what the value of the house was. And we, and I also said, because I was pretty sure this is a, a good deal. I said, mm -hmm. I'll give you 50 once you vacate. Right. right? So, okay. so not so much like a, a long-term deal, but it was more of like, Hey, you finance me. So I don't have to get a hard money. Right. Loan. And, and then the balloon payment was at the end of August 31st. So mm -hmm. turns out that because of the interest rates, unfortunately, the values in that neighborhood, it's not as an appealing neighborhood. Now that right. there's more listings, the, that right. house ARV is now 550. So it's mm -hmm. gone down a lot. Right. So if I were to sell this house right now at 550 and I got it at 520 after mm -hmm. you know, closing costs and, yeah. and, and giving him 20, like I lose money, unfortunately. Right. right. So this is what he did. He didn't vacate the house at the end of May. He right. didn't fix up the house. Right. And he's still in it. Yeah. And he's telling me, Hey Nate, I need my money because mm -hmm. you, that's what we agreed. Once I vacate and I say, look, you didn't fix the house and you're still in it. So we're, we're in a situation where even if he leaves and he mm -hmm. fixed up the house, it's not worth we're, right. it's, we're underwater. So right. what I had told him we could do, and I, I wanted to know your opinion. Mm -hmm. I said, look, we're underwater now because it took too long. You didn't do what you said you'd do. Right. And, um, we can just quick claim deed the property back to you. And, mm -hmm. and so we don't have to go through a foreclosure. We can just give it back to you and right. we'll put a lien on the property for mm -hmm. the amount that you didn't fix the house for. So when you right. do sell it, we get paid back. Mm -hmm. And um, we're having that talk right now because I said the, that the balloon payment at the end of August 31st, I said, we can make this work at the normal price. We agreed. If you, we extend the balloon payment to five, 10 years uh, because his mortgage payment is $1,100 mm -hmm. and the, you can rent it for like 2,500 so that you right. cash flow a lot, but right? Their situation is like, we, we need that, the, the house to close at the end of August 31st to get into another property. Cause that's why we, we originally did this. We were going to rent right. somewhere. So anyway, weird situation, never wanted to be in it, but, um, I probably would have been in a situation anyway, if I got a hard money loan because yeah. Same thing. I, I would have right. just had to owe the lender. So now I right. owe this person and we're negotiating right now, but 
from mm-hmm. your experience, like, has this happened or do you, do, what would you do? Well, there's a couple of problems right out of the gate. First, tell me, why was he selling? So he was selling because they're moving to North Carolina okay. and um, that he did not have the money to fix up the property. Okay. To, uh, yeah. So that was why. Right. Okay. Well, first problem is you gave a seller money before he was out of the house and deeded it to you. I would never, ever do that in a million years. Second problem, you let him stay in the house. Big problem. Because yes, as you see now, once he's got money in his pocket and the pressure's off, whatever, he can spend the money on whatever he wants to do, not fix it up. He doesn't have to move. You're only, rec- you're, all you've given him right now is 20000 Is that right? That's all we've given him. And okay. he's wanting that extra 50 because okay. he's like, well, that's what you said you'd do. Listen, if, if I were you right now, mm-hmm. I would just, you know, I would try to record something against the property that, you know, I mean, and all you can do is a memorandum if he hasn't signed anything mm-hmm. and hope if he sells it, the title company calls you and listens to your story and goes, okay, we're going to make him pay. Cause you know, they can insure around a memorandum if they decide to, yeah. uh, but otherwise I'd walk away from that deal because you can't force that guy out of the house. There's mm-hmm. nothing you can do at this point. Uh, that was just a bad deal all the way around. The third I'm problem idiot, with huh? that, the <laughs> problem, the problem with, I, I would have said to him, listen, I'll pay you X, but I would never do it before he was out. And I would never promise him that short a balloon. You know, you, you know what balloon balloons are for clowns, right? You know that they are for clowns. I'm they are for clowns. Uh, that's what, you know, I, I think Ron LeGrand, I heard him say that 20 years ago. Uh, the, the very shortest fuse we'll put on a deal with a seller is 60 months. That's the very shortest. Wow. And that's only been in this, in this hot market when it's tough before, if a seller said to me, well, you got to have this paid off in a couple of years, I'd go, I'm sorry, Mr. Seller, but listen, all I can promise you is an on-time payment every month until our buyer refinances. That may happen in six months. This loan may go the full amortization. All I can promise you is an on-time payment. And if they wouldn't go for it, I said, sorry, we can't do business. Yeah. That was just a mistake, Nate. (laughs) That was just that deal. That was just a mistake. Well, this is kind of how I got into doing deals like that is because we've had, we've asked sellers to finance us instead of the getting a hard money loan and they'll usually do it for 5%. So they'll say, I'll finance you for a year. And then, you know, it's just crept down lower and lower. Like with how hot the market is, we don't need that much. So, and if the numbers stayed true, Mm -hmm. it was looking like an 80,000, 60 to $80,000 flip. So who would have saw that happening? And but, but, but see, and, and you know, the market's been cool, slight, just slightly cooling for a few months. And those high priced houses are the first ones to feel it. You know, a $200,000 house isn't going to fluctuate much one way or the other. But those 600, you know, half a million and up, they're the first ones. You know, Nevada, California, they're the first places to take off and they're the first places, you know, just to auger in. So, uh, yeah, letting somebody stay in the house, giving them money, that's your big, I don't beat you up or anything, but Eat me never, up, I never, ever, ever do that. I'll give you money, but you got to be out. You got to have your own. And that's why we don't do repairs. Yeah. It's just too hard to find people to do it. And the homeowner, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It was a mistake. And I yeah. think everyone, I mean, even though I, I teach people how to wholesale, like right. creative financing, mm-hmm. I have taught people how to use that. Right. So you don't have to get a hard money loan, but you're, sure. you're saying, Hey, we don't, we don't mess with those. Right. Unless they give us 60 months, right? That's right. 
That's the minimum. That's the minimum. That's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. And if you're buying, if you're like us and you're only looking for 10 or 15 deals a year, okay, it's one thing. But if you're buying 10 or 15 houses a month, and pretty, like you've said, it's crept down over time. And that's what happens. You know, if you're making a one-year promise now, six months from now, you're making a six-month promise. You're going to look up in a year or so, and you got all these balloons due, and the market has tanked a little bit. Mm. Where, where are you going to go? You're in you trouble. know, it's a problem. So, no, yeah, I, and, I don't make those problems. Yeah, really. and I appreciate you shooting me straight because, you know, I've uh, I've been trying to figure out. And this a way out would be, Hey, let's extend the balloon five, ten, whatever. Because right. then you know you have time to cash flow, and that, yeah. and it's only. I mean, twenty is a lot, right? But right. It, it's it a, is a lot. Twenty thousand lesson. But but the headache and the frustration of what what the term is throwing good money after bad. Mm -hmm. Record a memorandum. If the guy won't listen to you, he won't go ahead and get out. He won't you know, list it. Let's get it sold. He hasn't fixed it up. Record a memorandum. Move on to the next thing. Hope that the title company calls you and believes you and you get paid when he sells. So when if I so I own it technically. So if right. I record a memorandum, am I recording it on I guess just the property in general? It's just the right? property. That's correct. And, so and he's not going to be able to sell anyway. The deed's in your name. He's going to need you when he tries to sell, or else he's going to have to let it go into full blown foreclosure or just live there and make the payments on a property that you own. You could go out and refinance that house right now. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't be yeah, able to get. You wouldn't uh, be able to right now. But I'm just saying, if you got the deed, I mean, you you have a lot. You have a good position in this too down the road when he's trying to do something. Yeah. So this is this is just to kind of wrap it up. This is what I, I, I we have had hashed out so far. Right. I was gonna say, look, no one saw this was coming. I'm sorry, and 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 you're 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 obviously sorry too. You didn't do what you said. Let's take the twenty. Let's split the difference. I'll put. I'll get 10 because I'm not, he's not giving me back the whole 20. So right. let's, let's split the difference. I'll get 10 and we both sign off on that. So it's, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if technically like there's a way that we both can agree to that. So it's not like, mm -hmm. Hey, at the title company, when he closes and sells, it's like, right. they have to believe me. I wonder if there's someone we can sign where we both agree on it. And then I, I was like, Hey, let, and let me list the property. So mm -hmm. I can recoup, you know, some that, that way. Right. And he's in there like, we're not listening with you yeah. guys. We can, we have friends and family and forget you guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got your money. So, but you have ownership of the house, whether he likes it or not. Now, like I said, worst case scenario, he quits paying his, his, his mortgage goes into foreclosure and he doesn't move out. Yeah. Okay. Ideally, I would keep an eye on it though, because if he quits paying, it's his credit that, that that suffers, not yours. If he quits paying, he vacates that property, you got ownership, then you can go in, take possession, and do something at that point. Yeah, I mean, I uh I know they want to get out and mm -hmm. one of this isn't something I would do, but someone that's savage told me, like, right. hey, you can evict them because we have them on a lease. Yeah. So we can get them out and then we can just make the uh, put a tenant in there for 22, 2500 mm -hmm. and not make right. the mortgage payments, and then you're cash flowing. All that, right? Well, that sounds great, but I can guarantee you that that eviction would not go as smoothly as a lot of them do. Uh, when you file for an eviction, you have to pay an attorney to do that. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen is he's going to get an attorney. It, the, the, the magistrate judge it goes before is going to go, hey, this is way out of our jurisdiction. We're going to kick this up to superior court. Then you've got another process, another. Yeah, I guarantee you this wouldn't go very smoothly. 
you know, and I, I wanted to go as smooth as possible, yeah, even though fine. it didn't go. So what is one thing we can ever investor type nation can learn from having the goat right here? And me, my mistake <laughs> is when you do a subject to deal, do at least 60 months, right? A min that, that that's that you know I wouldn't even recommend that. That's a minimum, an absolute minimum, and that's been in a current hot market. Okay, so uh, we're going back to nine. ideally, ideally, you make no promises on terms, mm -hmm. but you absolutely do not give the seller a nickel until they have vacated the property and given you possession. For sure, don't give them a nickel. And I know there are people that are nothing. like, give me some money just up front to help me out. Listen, I've I've rented moving trucks for people and brought it to the house on the day and, and let the, help them load it, but I will not give them the money to do it. Okay, yeah. okay, I'll so go never, rent the truck. Okay, no, but I'm, I'm not giving. Never give money. a seller money until they vacated the property. That's right. Right. At right. least way over sixty months if you do a subject to deal. Right. That's for sure. And um, I think there was another nugget in there. Um, was there anything else? Uh, well, not, not giving them the money, making sure that they're out of the property for sure. Uh, get that term for as absolute long as you can. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I think we, I think that covered yeah. it. And that's good yeah, stuff. That's so. good stuff. Yeah. You know, what I really enjoyed about being on this podcast with you is because we come into, we talk to sellers all day long and we're mm -hmm. always set, pitching the cash offer first. Right. And, um, you know, if we were to pitch the, the seller finance deal first, Mm -hmm. then be then send in the options offer like you say you know mm -hmm. you got the low right. cash you got the then the different options of like mm -hmm. uh subject to you know that 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 could work yeah well and that's what we do and when we send them that offer and then we put them into a follow-up campaign on a crm mm -hmm. that just reaches out to them once a week or whatever hey have you got a chance to look over our offer and and then if, if they don't respond within about a week then we kick them into the six-month follow-up that's just an occasional text and a voicemail that says, Hey, you know, we're still interested in your property. Reach out to us. I wanted to ask this. Have you, do you do a lot of subject to deals where they have a ton of equity or is it usually low equity? It's usually lower equity. Now we've done some where they had a ton and they just walked away, but there were other motivating factors. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate your advice and your advice for me is just get out of there. <laughs> I, listen, I, like I said, if you've already reached out to him and said, listen, you know, let's just, let's, let's just part ways on this thing. Mm -hmm. We want our 20 back. Give me X now or sign a note and I'll just collect it when you sell. And they've said no to all those things. So, so they, go, yeah, they've agreed to the give instead of uh, me recording 20 against it. They're like, we'll give you 10 once we sell it. Okay. Wh where's your other 10 come from? They say, "Hey, you lose out, we lose out." That's what the, their opinion is. Why should you lose? He didn't do what he said he would do. If I were you, if they're not going to give me any money right now, I would go record a memorandum for twenty thousand dollars, and I would move on to the next thing. I wouldn't devote any more attention or time to this negative energy. How many more houses can you buy? Record your memorandum. Don't worry about it. Consider it a twenty thousand dollar mistake you know, a learning experience, a seminar that you went to that That's was 20 grand and, and, and don't devote any more time to it. And then probably you'll get paid in the future. You may not, but if you don't, you learn some important stuff. Do, um, you know, we're going through this. Do we, do we deed the property back to them? Without I would not, I would not. That, that is your possible saving grace and all this to get your money back when you go listen, because 
He can't sell that house if it's in your name or your company's name. He can't sign a deed for anybody. Guess who has to do that? You do. Yeah, I would. Okay. Okay. So he's stuck. I guess I was just kind of worried about a foreclosure. That, that's not going to impact you. That's his credit. He forecloses on, no, if he forecloses on me. Well, I mean, why does he want to spend that money to foreclose on you? You can fight that and make a case. Listen, this guy owes me $20,000. Because he didn't put it into yeah, the house. That's right. Yeah. But I would make him make that move. If he doesn't have the money to fix up the house or do anything else, is he going to file a foreclosure suit against you? Probably not. No. You know, he no. probably doesn't have a clue what he's got to do. Yeah. And uh, honestly, when it comes to, you know, him foreclosing and he, him saying like, oh, I didn't fulfill on my end. I didn't give him the $50,000 that he said I, I agreed that I'd give him. Right. Well, you didn't vacate. You're still mm -hmm. in the house. Right. You're, yeah, you didn't fix up what you said you would. Right. So, I mean, it's just hearsay, but I, I just yeah. thought I would have to deed it back to avoid any legal problems. I don't think so. No, I mean, and even if he does foreclose on you, what difference does it make? It's not like it's going to show up on your credit. You know, is this in a financial institution? I mean, it may be a foreclosure, but it's probably in an LLC or a trust, right? It is, yeah. It's an so LLC. what? I mean, that doesn't impact Nate at all. <laughs> okay, I would make him. You know, if he wants, if he wants to foreclose on you, got you guys have all of this in documentation. I'm sure a contract and What's an agreement. Important? Listen, let me show up in court. Okay, you know, but he's going to have to sue me. He's he because he's got to write a check to do that. Wow, okay. that's that's some great advice too. Because I was I was kind of concerned. I was like, right. look, I'm he didn't do what he said, and now I'm right. the one that's got to eat eat the the money even that I've already shelled out. Yeah, well, that's possible down the road, but he can't sell the house. He needs your cooperation too. I would, I would not deed that property back to him. I would, like I said, I would record my memorandum and I would just move on to the next deal. And one day he'll call you. I mean, I've, I've had this happen, not the similar situation, but where people owed me money mm -hmm. or backed out of a contract that I had spent time and, and money on and backed out for no reason. And, and I would say, well, listen, I, I spent X on an ad. I did this, I did that write me a check for a thousand dollars and I'll let you go. Oh no, I'm not giving you anything. Okay. Well, I just go record my memorandum and two or three years down the road, a title company calls me and goes, Hey, what's this thousand dollars for? Well, you know, I signed a contract with her. I spent money on advertising. I did this, I did that. And she backed out and she wouldn't pay me. And guess what? I got a check. And, and you, you know what? You're absolutely right. Like, cause I was, I'm not even, he's not even offering to give me 10,000 now to right. just, He's just saying, yeah. hey, we'll get you 10000 once we sell it. What, right. What, I did it back, and he's like, I ain't selling, sucker. Right. He's already he's already backed out on his promise to you once or twice yeah. on repairing the house and moving. What makes you think he'll keep his promise this time? It ain't going to happen. You know, fool me right. once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? I'll tell you right now, right here, right now, Nathan Payne, he ain't never given any a seller money ever again until they're vacated. I, I would never, many ever. times. I, I've right. we've actually done it a couple because – it almost like we feel like it. it's what will save the deal, but right. I'm sorry. That deal ain't worth saving. Not when you got to deal with this. That's right. Yeah. And now, you know, now, you know why we don't give sellers money, especially people in distress. Like I said, two thirds of our business are sellers in distress. Once the distress is gone, why they got to work with you? Yeah. You know, yeah. Remember this, Nick, the we buy houses guys, Man, we're, we're the last people on the list they want to sell to anyway. Okay. You know, I mean, really, who doesn't want to sell for cash? Yeah. Who doesn't want a fast close with a cash buyer? 
Mm-hmm. If they're selling to us, if they're leaving, you know, uh, mortgages in their name and they're selling at big discounts, it's because they don't have other options. They're in a hurry. There's some kind of some kind of problem going on. So, you know, and, and we're seeing ultimately by a lot of people is taking advantage anyway. Once the pressure's off, well, you made a lot of money off this deal. So, you know, it's not fair. <laughs> so, so let's play this scenario because I, I this is interesting. And then we'll, we'll I've been having a good time talking to you, so I don't yeah, even. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So let's say I, I, I said, call back, say, listen, man, you know what? I've, I've listened to you and I, I, I heard your sob story, but you, you really, you really didn't do what you said you would. So go ahead, do what you feel like you need to do. I'm putting mm-hmm. $20,000 lien on the property mm-hmm. and, um, you know, deal with it. And, right. and then like, what's the, what, what's the recourse? Could he just be like, Hey, uh, you know, I really want the house back or like, how, how does that like, I well, feel like if I acted like that, he'd be like, I got nothing. Yeah. He, he, what can he say? I'm going to sue you. I'm going to foreclose on you when this balloon pops. What can he say? The truth of the matter is you could market that house right this minute and sell it out from under him. And he's got no rights. Okay. Yeah. If you found a buyer and I, I don't know the situation on this, if you found someone and you probably won't, but if you found someone that would get what, what's, What's the mortgage balance on this? What 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 are the liens against this property right now? Did you sign a note for him? Yeah, so it's a, he, he owes about two hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and we bought it for five twenty with twenty down. Okay, so he actually has a mortgage for for five hundred thousand recorded with you owing him that money. Yes, correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, well, he would have to be contacted for a payoff, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then he would not be cooperative at that particular point. So that would, man, there's a lot of, of messy parts to this thing. <laughs> uh, but I mean, what's he going to say, really? You know, technically, could he foreclose on you after the balloon pops? Yes, he can. But that's your opportunity to appear in court and go, but look, your honor. Okay, yeah. this is what's going on. Okay, sure. so it's not going to be. And in the meantime, he's making payments on a property and, and stuff's going on. So. I'm just yeah. wondering if like, what's the resolution at that point? Or if I, I just say, Hey, fine, stay in it. And, um, you know, foreclose on me, go ahead. Yeah. Like, I guess what's the agreement that could happen where I feel good, like not, I feel good, but where it works out. And, um, I would just say, well, w- would I do a cash offer at that time? And just be like, I'll just cash you out at four fifty, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. or uh, the, the, you know, the best case, if, if you have a buyer and you just, I mean, where would you be? You owe him 500. Mm-hmm. And he's got 20. So you have to sell this house for more than 520 to be made whole, correct? Yes, yes. Can you get a buyer for 520 as it sits? I wish I did. This this house is probably worth 490 cash now. Of course, if if the title company called him for a payoff, he may just think you were calling to pay him off. He might openly give that and then you sell the house to somebody else. I mean that's that's always an opportunity there too. I don't know. That'd be I would love for the it to right. rebound, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know your yeah. opinion on things, but I, I think yeah. I don't think that's happening. Maybe for a while. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, like I said, the, the the most likely scenario here is uh, he just sits there. He needs your cooperation when he's trying to sell the house. That's your opportunity to get your twenty thousand back. That's the best case scenario. I don't think he'll sue you. You know, for foreclosure, that would be an expensive process for him plus he would have to ante up at that time so for sure uh, chance like i said right now this is a negative drain on everything else you're trying to do i'd go record my memorandum and i would just forget about him and the worst case scenario is you lose twenty thousand, 
Best case scenario is you break even because he has to pay you later. But just don't don't think about it anymore. That's how I do those things. Man, that's a good that's a good solution. And that's honestly how it is in life. Like I've talked to right. so many people that are higher level like you, and they're just like, that's not worth your time. Don't yeah, even let not. that don't even let it's and I not. think that's an important lesson is like as we get deeper into like real estate and doing what we do, don't let those things suck right. your energy because yeah. it's not worth it. Right. I agree. Well, William, this has been awesome. So for yeah. anybody, I've had some questions come through okay, um, and, and they just want to know how they can, you know, work with you. So, okay. Well, we've got a couple of different things. You can go to, actually, we, we just started a new uh, portal. It's sub two university, SUB, the number two university. Uh, we've got courses that we offer. We've got uh, anything from how to do a kitchen table closing to an explanation about how to fill out all the documents with video explanations. Uh, and we also have a couple of coaching programs. We've got the most affordable, best coaching in the world, $7 coaching, $7 a month. Uh, I'll answer all your questions personally. We'll teach you how to do sub two deals for seven bucks a month. You can go to $7coaching.com. It's number $7coaching.com. Uh, and then we've got a higher level coaching that is... The $7 coaching. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, you got my money, take my money. already. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it's really, it's, it's just for people that are testing the water. Maybe it's, you're a wholesaler and you're, I, I'm kind of interested in this creative finance stuff. How does this work? And you don't want to drop $10,000 on some, you know, some coaching program or spend 500 bucks on a course. You just want to look at some things. You can come inside our group. Uh, like I said, I'll answer your questions personally. I do that for each and every student every week. Uh, and we've got a lot of videos. We do a live weekly training in there, uh, a Facebook live. That's and awesome. uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's a good place to, to find out if it's for you. Yeah. So I, uh, I have a program that's similar. It's very inexpensive it, mm -hmm. for people to get in. I guess are you, is the hope just to grow the community with something that about like where you provide over provide value or is it to maybe get some subject to deals? Maybe somebody brings one and they don't know how to structure it. What? Well, we haven't actively marketed for, I mean, will I JV with a student? We only JV with our sub two max students. We've got the sub two max program. It's a premium group coaching program. Uh, it's two ninety seven a month, and we do JV with those students. Now we have weekly one on one Zoom calls in there, and a whole bunch of other stuff. We're, at this point, we've got three years of training calls in there and courses on how to do sub two. So we do JV with those guys. Well, I mean, it sounds like with the outlines you've given me, that's that's. I mean, if you get that, I mean, I've I, that's awesome. If you can get a deal 90, 90 months, whatever right. like that, and and you're mm -hmm. cash flowing, I mean. Right. Who wouldn't want to do that and get those every day, every month? Oh, sure, for sure. Yeah, oh. we've had we've had a bunch of students come into Sub Two Max and get their first deal in sixty days, uh, you know, and make fifty grand. You know, awesome. so I mean, it's it, and it's pretty cool because it's not even that. It's it's three hundred bucks a month if you stay six months. You spend eighteen hundred dollars and you've learned how to do it all. You don't have to drop ten or twenty thousand dollars on the high dollar stuff. Well, William, I'd love to have you back on Investment yeah. Drive. And, sure. and uh, I think it's been awesome to get to know you. Thanks for answering my questions, too, because uh, I mean, I'm always trying to get better. And you, yeah. you helped me do that today. So I appreciate well, you. Sure. Well, glad, to, glad to help. And you, if you want me to come back, just let me know. I'll be glad to do that. Well, and we'll have you back. Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. All right. Well, we'll see you later. I appreciate your time again. Okay. All right.